0: and Beth.
1: I am the work, which becomes a new genre itself.
0: Oh, for Christ's sake. This is a podcast <laughs> where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Hi, nerds. Today, we are welcoming a very special guest. Today, we have Jesse from the Sudden But Inevitable podcast. Hi, Jesse.
2: Hello. I am very, very excited to be here, Beth and Paul. Let me first say thank you so much for having me. I am very excited.
0: We're so excited you're here. Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about your show?
2: So yes, my show is sudden but inevitable. Depending on what season you are listening to of my show, it might be the sudden but inevitable rewatch where we checked out Firefly for my friend's first time. Could be the sudden but inevitable rebop where I took the Love same that. friend through <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Uh, you know, spoiler alert.
1: How, how do you have all these friends? Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how do you have all these friends <laughs> that haven't watched all these like seminal and important shows? I, I just mean like, thank you. Where are all these friends coming from? <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for asking because now I get to just say it's actually just one painfully uncool friend oh, that okay. I okay. That I've had my that's entire that you life keep
0: around just to give a yeah. hard time to. No,
2: he's he's actually one of my best <laughs> friends in the world. Like I said, I've I've known him basically my whole life. We literally met on the first day of first grade. Oh, That's and precious. We we just have been a couple of degrees of nerd separation apart our whole lives, but we've both always been big nerds of of many different ilk the 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 main thing that you need to know about us is that i'm the trekkie and he's the star wars fan it's like
0: the Montagues and the Capulets, man i mean
2: it's it's a match made in heaven and also you know we (laughs) frequently wish to strangle one another so he was actually, he asked us to do a podcast with him where he watched Mandalorian. And I was like, okay, I like Mandalorian, but just to give him a hard time, I'm going to go on there and talk trash about Star Wars. Like, why not? Right? Fair. Turns out Mandalorian, pretty good show. So instead, I just had a really good time. Yeah. And. One of our, you know, recurring guests kept going, hey, this reminds me of Firefly. And I was like, oh, that's a great point, Ricky in the chat. And eventually Ricky in the chat guested on the show, started oh. his own podcast with us. And it's called Best Flicks with Ricky D, which is a name that my listeners will recognize. So basically all three of us have our own shows and we help help each other make other shows in this little local podcast network that we have. But yeah, it's basically the same guy. He just he wasn't an anime fan. So I was like, mm hmm okay, I got to get him into Cowboy Bebop. The only way to do that is to get him into Firefly, which is easy because it's so similar to Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. So you go it's Space like, Western to Space Western. Six and degrees then you of go, Space
3: Western. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and
2: then you go live action to anime. It's like, I've got you right where I want you. So <laughs> it, was, it was really born out of kind of the opposite of gatekeeping, I guess, where I'm like running through the gate, holding Josh in front of me, like using him <laughs> to, you know, plow down these bars and show him my favorite things and try and get him to love them the way that I love them. And so that has, you know, right now we're in the middle of a movie season. So we just watched Highlander and Space Sweepers. We're just about to watch Slither. And then we're going to watch Logan's Run. (laughs) Yeah, I'm we're having a blast. And and please, if you if you want to make your friends love any of the things that I just mentioned, go listen to me make my friends love those things.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's well,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're super glad you're here. So, all right. Um, so we are talking about Cowboy Bebop, as you probably guessed. It premiered on April 3rd, 1998. There were 26 episodes.
1: Do I do I get a bad synopsis? You just cut me out of this. I show? did
0: cut you out. I suppose you do. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Here's my bad synopsis of Cowboy Bebop: uh, ships passing each other in space, and that's that's the whole thing. That's it. Uh, because I thought about if I showed Cowboy Bebop to my mother. What would she think it was, and she would see ships passing in space. But also, I think it's maybe not a bad synopsis because the whole show could be metaphorically ships passing oh, in space. You're uh, very so, deep. I, you know, I thought it worked on multiple levels.
0: Well done, sir. Uh, it was directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. It was written by Kyoko Nobumoto. It stars Koichi Yamadera, Unsho Ishizuka, and Megumi Hayashibara. There is no Rotten Tomatoes official score, but it is ninety six percent audience
3: best
1: did the names. You did the names, uh, Here's the
0: thing. As we know, I fuck up everyone's name, but they're generally like <laughs> mediocre cis white dudes. So I feel a little bit less bad about that. I made sure to be able well, to.
2: And th- to be totally 100% transparent, <clears throat> I know that the sub versus dub thing is big in a lot of anime yeah. viewing communities. I feel
0: personally... That was one of my questions I was going to ask you.
2: I hope I'm not stepping on it.
0: No,
1: No, no, no. (laughs) I feel
2: like with Cowboy Bebop, this is one of the few series where if you really are trying to get somebody into anime, which I I have to say right at the start, I think, you guys, this is the series that you use to get people into anime if they don't, even if they're resistant to it, right? Mm. I think you can use this series for a couple of reasons, but... The dub, I think, is a big part of it because in in a lot of dubs, the quality is just different. And I'm going to go ahead and say lower because I think it's because certain voice actors, when they're told this is animated in their head, they go, oh, it's a cartoon right now. It's probably definitely gotten better for the English dubs nowadays. I mean, I know it has. I really liked the Castlevania dub, for instance, this American dub, this English dub with the combination of Bo Billingsley and Wendy Lee and Steve Bloom, they seemed to really embody their characters in a way that I feel like usually the Japanese voice actors do a much better job of, right? They actually look at it like an actor as opposed to lines to read from a script, I think. And I really feel like the American English dub crew did that with this series because I just showed it to some people for their first time ever, and they were like, "Is all anime like this?" And I had to go, "No, actually." (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Usually, you should not watch it in English. Um,
0: Right? I I, feel like it's a strength
1: for this series.
0: Yeah, for this rewatch. I
1: I think so. For me, um, actually, this is this rewatch was the first time I ever watched the dub. Uh, I have only ever watched sub, and. It was. I I do feel like it was very different in some places. I was like, wait a minute. I don't I don't remember that line that way. I don't think that that's what the and way the captions
0: were very different.
1: Subbed. and and I do think part of it is if you watch it the first time through dubbed, that's what you're going to know and that's what you're going to love. If you watch it the first time through sub, that's what you're going to know and that's what you're going to love. And I know there's been a. I know there's been a lot of back and forth over the years about oh, dub's better, sub's whatever. I don't think it matters as long as – That seems gatekeeping to me. Yeah. It's just whatever you enjoy. (laughs) And I think it often comes down to what did you see first? And that's what you'll know. And it doesn't matter which way it went. Yeah.
0: I agree. I listened to the first couple with subs – or no – yeah, with subs, and then I like listened. I want. I had to take notes, and I really wanted to get it. So then I listened to the other versions too. But what was funny is I always watch everything with captions on anyway, and the captions were much different than some of it, which I thought was funny. So at one point, Spike says, "I don't like women with attitudes," and it said "tomboys," which I thought was funny. So there was like, uh-huh. a couple times when there were some pretty yeah
2: slight
3: oversimplification, yeah, in the, yeah in the which generation. I thought was pretty
0: funny. So I'd be interested to know exactly what the original words are in the original language versus what you I'm,
1: I'm gonna guess some but there's a project out there you could find somebody has oh, done sure. the compare I bet I'm you sure. could just go well, and google because that there's different
0: they're... nuances with language in the yeah. first place and different yeah. colloquialisms whatever I just I thought it was that was made me laugh
2: the one that I want to know in particular is when jet says do that morphin for my endorphins <laughs> I want to know what that is in the original Japanese I always, yes, I
0: always think <laughs> Thing rhymes because I'm like yes. I know that did yeah. <laughs> yeah. it yeah yeah they put
2: something else there
1: yeah this is why you need to give credit to translators and make sure they give credit like we this we come from Library Land yep. and uh if you have somebody translating a story they are not just it is not no, just about putting the words their on the paper they are working their <laughs> they're not ass on
0: Google Translate they're
2: working <laughs> <hard>. <laughs> this is really strange if I may so one of our favorite guests on sudden but inevitable rebop in particular. A Cowboy Bebop super fan that just happened to be in our orbit. He's met the director. He's been to several conventions, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Very, very, very dedicated fan. Is very close to also becoming a librarian. He's, mm. he's in the process. He's doing his final research project, or he's just got approval for it or something along Perfect. those lines. Yeah. And so when I read the description of your show, I was like...
1: Okay, what is it with librarians and Cowboy Bebop? Do you guys have a yeah. guess?
0: <laughs> I don't know, Paul. Do you have a guess?
1: I, I have no guesses. Librarians as a whole maybe skew nerdy uh, yeah. a little bit. But That seems fair. Yeah. I
0: always say I'm a professional nerd. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems that seems about right. Um, hey, guys, do you want to do two trivias in a live?
1: No. <laughs> but sure. Go ahead.
0: Um, I feel like – I always feel like when we have a guest on who's more of an expert that my – you know, I feel more pressure. But uh, here
2: we go. <laughs> talk about pressure. I'm the one feeling pressure now.
3: <laughs> not an expert, definitely. Well,
0: I mostly talk out my ass, so we'll see. Uh, number one, almost every multi-language street sign shown in the series are in English, Japanese, Persian, and Russian. Character designers said that the most challenging character to design was Gren, as Gren was originally modeled after Brad Pitt. But Kawamoto had trouble picturing Brad Pitt with breasts. And the city of Phase memories is recognizably Taiwan.
1: Wow, man. Oh, Brad Pitt.
0: What? Now I have to do this because I, I feel like.
2: <laughs> okay, I let's talk through it. I feel like Brad. I feel like Brad Pitt is easy to picture with breasts. What do you think? <laughs> sure.
1: Doesn't that I mean, make maybe. That... I'm
0: picturing it right now. Wait,
2: right? <laughs> right. So uh, doesn't that make that trivia unlikely to be true?
1: Yeah. And also, Gren doesn't look. That's nothing like Brad Pitt at the end. Right. Is that the point of your item? Is that it's not they actually like. it. Right,
2: she's she's hiding. I feel like we're on the right track. No, if she's I, hiding. because
0: I can't. Well, it used to be that I wouldn't look at Paul's face, and then I realized it was like I, I don't know if I thought it was like dinosaur rolls. Like he couldn't see me if I wasn't. I don't know. So, <laughs> so
1: stupid. If, if you close your eyes, I can't see you. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> wait, can you say the first one again? It's the Sorry. street signs. Which languages?
0: English, Japanese, Persian, and Russian.
1: I feel like that could be true. But I think I have that no, one's no going to be
2: that one might be off because i don't think it was all of them i think it was only in particular districts that they had the
1: specific street signs i feel like there were street signs. if you're uh, see i feel like there were street signs that were only in two languages but yeah
2: that's what i'm saying yeah i don't think they i don't think all of them were in every language i think that's the falsehood it's it's too many that'd be yeah that'd be so much detail but brad pitt though I mean, it's What's 1998. The last one He's That's The
0: city of phase memories is. Oh
1: yeah, tell what, Taiwan. Okay. That's easy. That's fine. I feel fine. like, I I think feel like that one's
2: plausible. Yeah, it's probably the untrue one, but I feel like it's. <laughs> I
1: I think like it's I, I want to say that the first one, it's, Brad Pitt is nuts. That's nuts if that's true, but I feel like there are clearly signs that we're only in two languages. I think so too. I ag- I agree with Paul.
0: My research says that every time there's signs, they have them all. So, oh, and God. Brad Pitt. The Brad Pitt and thing Brad is also Pitt. true.
1: I call, so, so I Taiwan. The it. one yeah. that we said is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. So yeah.
0: it's Singapore. What? Oh. oh, and then I went down a whole rabbit hole of what other cities are close enough to Singapore that I could <laughs> make up. With. So that was cool.
1: You're, you're getting. You're definitely getting sneakier, Beth. I feel like that's unfair. <laughs>
0: No, so the the Gren thing is true, and the another fun fact is that
1: Brad Pitt. How would man. that even be the I way that doesn't whole make any interview. sense?
0: And then um, in the new live action remake, uh, Gren is going to be played by a non-binary oh, by, by actor by Brad Pitt by, <laughs> yes by Brad Pitt with breasts by a non-binary actor Mason Alexander Park. Okay, and
2: so. the if. <laughs> I can't believe it was the most mundane <laughs> one really that we got, but, <laughs> but it makes sense if you think about it, because the character is meant to be very attractive to Faye in the moment, right? So in the moment in 1998, right. who's the most attractive guy they could yeah, think of. And uh, who looks like a lady half the
0: time. If, <laughs>
2: if, if, yeah, if glorious hair. dressed <laughs> when did Interview with the Vampire come out?
0: Right around right around them, like ninety nine, I think, and like also fucking runs through it is he's got that long (laughs) ass hair. Holy shit. Okay. Whatever. We need
2: to take a recording
3: break, <laughs> Seth, we, to... no, we just keep going, and I'm oh, just okay. All
0: right.
3: Gotcha. All right.
0: <laughs> um, I have more fun facts.
3: All right, go for it.
0: So the series premiered in, um, in Japan on TV Tokyo from April 3rd to June 26, 1998. Uh, they only broadcast 12 episodes in a special because it was controversial and adult-themed. Uh, <laughs> the entire 26 episodes of the series were later broadcast on Wow Wow um, in October of that year. It was adapted into two manga series, which were serialized, and later there was a film, and now there's going to be the Netflix adaptation.
1: In, is it like two days? When does it come out? Soon,
0: soon. That was...
1: Yes, two days. Yeah. Two days, yeah. From the time of this recording, yeah.
0: Right. Character designer uh, Toshihiro Kawamoto initially based Ayan's design on a friend's pet corgi, but later he got... One for himself as a motion model and best friend, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> the fight on the bridge between Spike and Abdul Hakim in episode two is an homage to the fight scene in Game of Death between Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. All of Spike's fights feature the use of Bruce Lee's Jeet Kundo style of fighting.
2: You gotta be like clear water. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. <laughs> Six episodes have received TV MA ratings, but were never aired on Adult Swim um, without being edited down to a TV 14. And I don't know, I don't know how much you, out if you, ever plan on doing Lupin the Third. But in addition to Lupin the Third being the influence, the main characters from both series resemble one another in appearance and personality. Like, so Spike and Lupin, they wear ties, they're lanky, they're laid back. Um, Jet and uh, Gijan are partners. They have the beards. Like every, there's sort of a counterpart for all of the main
2: Spike's uh, shoes, in particular, I believe, yeah. are pretty much Lupin's shoes.
0: Yeah. Um, originally, Ed's character was based on the description of the series' music director, a little weird cat-like person, but a genius at creating music.
2: <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> which,
0: uh, not flattering. It uh, <laughs> was going to be a dark-skinned boy, but Edward uh, was turned into a girl to even the gender ratio on the bebop, which was, with Ed as a boy, three girls, three guys and one girl. Wanton wanted sort
1: to— Sort of be- turned into a girl.
0: Sure, right, right. Because I feel an argument could be made for non-binary, but—
3: Yeah.
0: Director Watanabe initially wanted Spike to have an eye patch, but he's supposed to be a cowboy and the eye patch is not what a cowboy wears, they decided. Um, but he didn't leave his eyes alone. He has a right eye, has a lighter shade than his left. It is said he has a cybernetic eye instead of a real one.
2: We do get one or two flashbacks of that eye being replaced or enhanced, depending on how you look at it. But it's not it's literally like three scenes in a 26 episode series and the difference that you're talking about the difference in color in the eyes mm-hmm. is like basically imperceptible to a normal yeah. human most but of the it, time yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's a couple scenes i but had done yeah.
0: that fact in the middle of watching them and i'm like are we sure yeah you're like uh, where come on <laughs> tell me now
2: maybe on a non-hd television <laughs> right
0: right <laughs> And I included this one for you, uh, Jesse, because I heard you guys talking about the the music and the band on one of the episodes Ah. and kind of wondering about them. So the band who created the music for the show is called Seatbelts, and the name of band, according to the fictional description given in their first album, derives from how the performers have to wear seatbelts to be safe while they play such hardcore jam sessions.
2: That's easily understandable. I... (laughs) Yeah, and, so we went into that. I, I personally went into that rabbit hole immediately because oh, I'm
0: sure, then I was you like, have, I to.
1: have to. Yeah, it was so, like my whole playlist everywhere now.
0: Right. So, it's so I don't
1: com- know too much about the new one. Are we doing seatbelts? What's the yes. music for so the new confirmed. one? Yep, it's Oh, thing, that's good.
0: Um, with the composer, Yoko Kano. And so they'll, they'll be there. So that I thought was cool. And just another little thing that I came across that I, I'm sure we'll talk about Faye and her body and all of that in a little bit. But I thought <laughs> it was really funny. I came across a quote from Daniela Pineda, who is um, cast as Faye in the new adaptation. And she did a little video. I don't know what it was on, but I saw it. In my searching, and she goes, yeah, you know, they looked everywhere for like a six-foot-tall, double-D-sized-breasted, two-inch-waist person. (laughs) They looked everywhere for that woman, and they just couldn't find her, so they went with my short ass, Mm -hmm. and I just... That was pretty delicious. So and
2: her, I believe she immediately followed that up with, and yeah, you know we did some shots of me in the yeah. shorts that are 14 and centimeters long. But yeah. as soon as you walk anywhere in those shorts, they disappear. So it's there's true. nothing. There was nothing to be done about it. And yeah. the really upsetting part, though, is like the video that that immediately spawned. That was like, look at her. She's clearly lying. Look at those cosplayers wearing this outfit. They're not disappear. It's like, wow relax mm-hmm. like she's right. she's making a point she's not saying it would right. be literally physically impossible she's saying let's do this with humans
0: <laughs> right right paul what was your experience as a kim
1: this was eye opening to me i did not get we're kind of cheating here because our show ostensibly sticks to the 80s and the 90s, but I didn't probably watch this until after 2000. Uh, I was in college at that point, and it was the, this, Beth, this is the very first time in my life I had access to cable. <laughs> so, and, and like free, I mean, free meaning I was going into horrible student loan debt to pay for my cable. So, you know, that was however free that is. But I had cable <laughs> in the dorm and cable in my, my first apartment, and I had... I had a Cartoon Network for the very first time in my life. And I was able to catch Cowboy Bebop and immediately basically fell in love with it. And it was probably the first time in my life I had always been into cartoons. I was the kid who, when we had Saturday morning cartoons, I was up at 4.30 in the morning, waking my parents up, asking if I could watch TV because uh, I had to ask to watch TV. And and eventually it became... Just go watch TV. We don't care anymore. Please don't wake us um, up. Please, please don't us wake alone. us up. But this was the first cartoon, you know, quote unquote cartoon that I had ever watched where, wow, there's like a real story here. And it's not just perpetual reset the story every week to sell toys. Very much. Uh, that was my first time. I think I immediately probably very legally downloaded it on file sharing n- networks. Uh yeah. And in include I, I remember distinctly I downloaded the entire soundtrack right away from I think LimeWire of all things the very legal LimeWire uh, <laughs> that I was using at the time and just listened to the hell out of it and this led to so much more interest in anime and that whole world I uh, immediately you know it was like Trigun and even Outlaw Star was you know kind of in this knockoff sort of space of Cowboy Bebop and just consuming all that stuff. So, yeah, that was that was my experience. you have an experience you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, Jesse, what about your experience?
2: Uh, so mine uh, is similar, except um, I would have been, let's see, that would have been probably 2000, I would guess 2002, 2003, basically same experience as far as I had never seen an animated program with such adult themes or themes that felt adult to me and with such a setting that was clearly... Not based on whimsy or fun, mm-hmm. but I I would have been, I think, just at the start of high school at that point. And I was like, it was a thing that had been mentioned to me by a very cool uh, older cousin who was like, you know, trying to guide me through the available anime at the time, which was whatever he could get at like one store in town sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, so there was like, we watched Escaflowne. We watched um, Akira. I watched ghost in the shell. Oh yeah. 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 And then at some point.
3: Neon like, Genesis. I yeah. I, so game. that one, I,
2: I didn't see neon Genesis until, until the start of the pandemic. And then I binged the entire oh, series wow. and the movie in two days.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> That's not good for your health.
0: No.
2: No, but I feel like it was perfect for what it is. <laughs> like, I feel like it's the most honest way to experience that series. Sorry, yeah, this, maybe is, so. this is now a digression, but <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. He didn't bring it uh, on DVD or anything. I had a friend who had access to Cartoon Network, and mm. it was it was like one of those things where I saw maybe three episodes of it on television, and mm-hmm. then it disappeared from my life for probably six years until after I had graduated and I was living on my own. And then I was flipping through the channels one night at like two in the morning and came across it on, I'm assuming Cartoon Network. And I went on uh, basically the same um, torrent route that Paul went. And it was my life was never the same. I, I just <laughs> I, I was like, this is my new favorite. One of my new favorite things ever. Like this goes on my top 10 everything list, right? And it just it was to that point where I needed to have it and I it took me forever to own it because it was not available basic I mean I could right. stream right. it Absolutely. but I couldn't I couldn't find it anywhere. I found a copy of the Blu-ray in Target of all wow. places. And so I bought two of them and I gave we gave <laughs> one of them away on the show to so that somebody could watch along with us. Nice. But it was just like I as soon as I saw it, I was like, "I have to buy this." And we've been back to the same Target since, and their DVD section has like 18 DVDs in it, and it's half of one shelf. Yeah. And I asked the guy about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, people don't really buy DVDs anymore." And I was like, <laughs> "I literally did that here, dude." <laughs> like, but okay, <laughs> all right. right,
1: okay. I think I, I do want to say I think if it weren't for the existence of uh, peer-to-peer file-sharing services, I would probably not be into anime. I don't want to say at all, but like I, I definitely would not have had the same experience that I did of seeing this and then being able to on demand sort of go get it. And just by the way, I've since spent a lot of money on anime <laughs> stuff like, right. that I would not have spent if it weren't for the existence of uh, things like LimeWire and Kazan. But there was just
0: no way to get it. If no. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and if I you certainly didn't come had come no across way. it at two oh. in the morning, you know. Speaking like, of
2: no way to get things, my heart goes out to. Every Star Trek fan that does not live in the United States or Canada right now, season four of Discovery premieres in two days, and they just announced that it's not going to be available anywhere outside of the United States or Canada until next year if you get an additional service or something along those lines. They pulled it right out from under people's noses. There was just a convention there. I just, with you mentioning things right. not being available and us talking about how streaming used to, or peer to peer sharing used right. to be the only right. way. And now streaming was supposed to fix that and it still
1: hasn't. Yeah. Right. I still have a cable bill. It's just a bunch of different It's just a streaming, streaming bill. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And then someday someone's going to put those together and offer it as one new package and it's just back to cable. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
2: yeah. TV plus.
1: There right. <laughs> this is on Hulu, by the way. And yes. fuck Hulu. Why am I paying for that? I still no. have to watch commercials. Come exactly. on
2: it's actually not too. it's on netflix now exclusively
1: if i'm not mistaken because yeah, netflix
2: <laughs> bought it when they so that they could coincide it with the release of yeah. the live action series so i think it when hit did netflix that change i think i watched most week. of it on
1: hulu for this i think
2: well, I it, think changed it like, like, last literally week. changed in the,
0: the middle, in the middle in the middle of us doing our prep Ugh.
2: like
0: i feel that our I watched... whole
2: show it was on hulu <laughs> for our entire show it was
0: and on now it's switched yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I watched this as a kid and that I was in rooms where it was on, like originally, mm-hmm. and, and like on Adult Swim. Um, I had friends you know, that like basement everyone hangs out in, <laughs> like as a teenager. Um, there was anime on quite a bit, you know, if Akira was on or whatever, or someone had like some bootleg copy of some things that we would watch. And so, but I, n- I don't know that I ever sat and really put my effort into watching it. Like, you know, it was just kind of on in my presence, and I watched an episode or two out of order, and so I hadn't really ever experienced it a ton on purpose. But I've always known about it, and I, like, I mean, I kind of knew when you said it, I'm like, I know the music, I remember there being a dog, like, but I didn't.
1: <laughs>
0: I, well, because this is the important things, right? right? But I didn't remember watching and having like deep memories of the characters or the episodes I just knew that I'd seen it before because I've only ever been a so-so anime person even though when I watch it I enjoy it I've not like gone out and sought it out very much so I guess I had the opposite experience of you Paula it was on and I was like exposed to it but I didn't like seek it out i was busy seeking Listen, watching out this prayers.
1: probably led me to waste <laughs> a whole bunch of time watching dragon ball z oh well that's, which is that's like
0: sad. i watched way more the, dragon ball z like, that, well that's not? like
1: the soap opera of yes. anime where you like nothing you watch a whole like episode and there's about 30 seconds power. of actual no. <laughs> yeah and so, i watched a whole lot of that because of cowboy bebop i was like why is this so not I like
0: I suspect that my impression of a lot of anime, based on my teen years and that exposure, was that it was much all like Dragon Ball Z because that's what I yeah. was exposed to. <laughs> so
2: that's essentially the setup of our whole Cowboy Bebop season. Is I took two guys that were <laughs> like, I, I, no, I don't like anime because Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, oh, yeah. and I was like oh, you're the perfect people to put through this. (laughs) like, Because again, spoiler alert, they came out the other side as Cowboy Bebop fans. I don't know that there's any other way people come out the other side of this series, but they're in their thirties. And I was like, here, have this thing. And they went, okay, yeah, there's, there's definitely substance here.
1: My bad. Yeah. Are we watches? I don't have a lot of specific notes about episodes. Mm -hmm. Like we usually do specific things, but um, just some general stuff.
0: four. (laughs) My my beginning note is man, this is Noara shit. <laughs> like because oh, yeah. I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I didn't. I only had foggy memories. So that whole first and I think what did I, what did you call it, Paul? Somebody called it undeniably hip. <laughs> like multiple times and i that was like me. i'm not that no. cool and in some of the like you know i read so much about it and i was like yeah okay fair that's it like it's cool looking but
1: well, jet really i think they really lean into the noir stuff with jet and his backstory uh, more than mm-hmm. any of the other characters
2: they'll have pieces of archetypal noir characters yeah. you know even yeah, if yeah. none of them is super pardon the expression two dimensional but they do have <laughs> they do all have something that's decidedly the noir trope of that character yeah, yeah. right you know but they it, it's the style and for me the thing about this the the undeniably hip thing about it is when you're watching those opening credits right again small digression i think every tv show in the world should have a theme song and that it should kick ass
0: i agree back, back yes. to
2: the point okay this shows opening credits and theme song <laughs> kicks so much ass. It's intense.
0: But it's good. All the
2: text that's flying around in the background actually tells a story which is like semi autobiographical of the creators of the series, right? Which is mm-hmm. you know back in the 40s there was this jazz club and all these people would meet up and play these these new genres. Flash forward in a hundred years, there's bounty hunters and there's Mars and it's space, and these guys are all cowboys, right? And it's like this whole new genre, and it becomes this new thing, as you as you had alluded to, Paul. They called their shot and they knocked it out of the park. Like that's essentially the creators of the show putting in the opening credits: hey, nothing you have ever seen before is like what you're about to see. It's entirely new. It's built from the ground up to be exciting in every possible way. And It's a new thing entirely. And then you watch the series and you go, wow, it's everything they said it was going to be. They managed to call their shot and then knock it out of the park. That's one of my favorite things about this series is it's so audacious. Like, there's no other word for it. It's just audacious and it succeeds in so many ways.
0: I agree. I think it's... I think the opening credits thing is really cool, but I was not expecting them. And my first, my my next note is, "Holy shit, these are loud! I peed a little." Then I was ready. I was ready for it after that. But, uh, but then my I just wrote, "Man, this is stylish and cool, and like a little Bondish with the silhouettes and the."
1: That was part of my comparison with like the the. Cartoons of my youth. What we did. One of our first episodes was on Thundercats, of all things, (laughs) which was just shit. I mean, we went went Thundercats, and (laughs) this was. It is. It's such a different thing. It's hard to even explain. the The animation quality is different. The story quality is different. And one of the things that really affects me a lot. I know it affects Beth a lot. And it stands out. It's just a step above for Cowboy Bebop. Is the music. And the music that goes through this whole thing, I don't think I can get. to... What episode is it? The fifth episode, maybe with rain, "Ballad of Fallen Angels." Of Angels. Yeah. yeah, and and you get the rain, and like I don't think I can get there without being a little choked up about what's going on. And it's mostly because of the music. Like the, the it's just the music through this whole thing is incredible, and the fact that the whole theme is is about the music. It's the bebop. The ship is the bebop. Yeah. It's all, And all the different names of the episodes are mm-hmm. basically different styles of music. And then the, the, yeah. the whole episode sort of follows that general style and genre of music. It's absolute genius the, the way the music is tied into this whole series. And like even just forget that you even care about the animation or the story or anything, but just acknowledge that the music and the way it's tied together is just incredibly brilliant. Uh, I don't I don't know that there's anyone who can... Even if you hate Cowboy Bebop, Bebop, I don't think you can deny that the way the music ties this thing together is genius.
0: And I don't think you're used to hearing... Different styles of music during a fight scene. Like some of these fight scenes are just so cool and they're so well drawn, but like there's big band or there's jazz, and like you usually are hearing like na 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 like and it just yeah. is like I that was the thing that struck me because I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know I didn't realize maybe until like an up like two episodes in about this the music and the theme and how it was like each episode had this different like tone music wise like and I was like this is not what you would expect to hear.
2: During mm-hmm. these
0: kinds of scenes. And I kind of I really liked that. I thought that was cool.
2: And then once that hits you though, it's like inescapable. Because, yeah, right. And mm-hmm. then you can't stop. Yeah. And, and it's it. like it's it's that's I think that's what to to use the word essential, but to mean like the essence of this thing, right? Sure. That's that's what makes this essential, is because the essence of it is so like Paul was saying. To know that it was crafted in such an intricate way with the visual and the auditory is like it's 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 unheard of. Like there's the the composer was yelling at the animators, no, it has to look like this because this is the music I wrote, and for them to commit so fully to a mixing of genre at every step of the way is like there it's visionary. Yeah, it's that's super. It's nearly unparalleled.
0: That's super cool. What did we, There was a movie we talked about, and think in E. T. They like edited around the music because the music was so powerful. So like that's mm. when the, when you can do that, it really, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. really makes for really makes it so much more cohesive and very cool storytelling. Um, in the credits, Paul, have you read *Cardboard* by Doug Tenapel
1: Oh yeah.
3: Yep. Yes,
0: the, the, there's a silhouette thing happening in the credits that really reminds me of the art in that book. That's a book I teach. I just thought, I don't know, it reminded me of it. And it's really cool to be able to notice, you know, some of the different. Artistic- yeah, I talk
1: that book all the time yeah
2: i'm a huge sucker for a silhouette if you if you listen to our show you'll we one of the things we do is we pick out our favorite shot from each mm-hmm. episode mine are like 80 percent silhouettes yeah. I, I think did, i did hear the highlander smart. silhouette yeah, yeah I, can you believe he didn't like that highlander fight scene at the end of that movie i'm sorry he, like are you serious anyways sorry what was the anyway, name of the, yep. what was the name of the book because i'm very interested oh, as cardboard. a as a silhouette
1: stand cardboard, cardboard. It's cardboard. a graphic novel yeah it's yeah. a
0: graphic novel I'll, I'll post it on twitter big shot the bounty hunter show huh yeah.
1: punk yeah. and judy yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah 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 tits mcgee is what, there's, there's a, a lot cosplay of...
1: outfit for you beth uh...
0: oh yes that's what i should do i'm gonna need eight rolls of double-sided tape and a lot of hope <laughs> oh. yeah,
2: the, the clothing in this in this series i mean if we're being honest the women's clothing in this series it's, right yes now, it's it's something. a little and impossible
0: it's a little i heard that it will just fall right off of you like tissue paper is what i heard that's incredible that's just a whole thing she's just it's but you know that was like a thing in the early 2000s that was an actual fashion thing we got jennifer lopez with the dress down to the belly button like that was a real thing that was happening i don't know why
1: because but, it was clearly, she was clearly taking style tips from Cowboy Bebop. I, I don't see obviously. any other. And
0: the
3: super
0: yeah. like low rise, super low pant, like basically underwear, where like yeah. so much like you have to have a wax to be wearing something that low. Like <laughs> it is very shorts. Personal.
2: We call those brave shorts
1: <laughs> i'm not sure
0: they're shorts jesse they might be underwear <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we can talk yeah. about faye too you want to talk about well, that's, faye's that's what i'm
0: talking about faye's drawers are very low and i think i wrote it here somewhere they got her like tied up on that ship and like st- st- porn submission pose for like a long time and practically i don't know how long you can be with your arms like that before you <laughs> can't like i'm going it's been it looks like she's been there for a long time Somebody what's the safe word
1: yeah yeah
3: what's
1: the <laughs> <for her>? it's <laughs> not <Aine>. No. <laughs> i always i actually always sort of when i watch Faye, i like there's a part of my stupid brain that's always like how do her clothes work uh, because the, we, there's like weird, she's no, got the weird. Like um, weird
0: fake suspenders.
1: Suspenders. The suspenders always confuse me. Like, how is that working? What is happening there? Is that holding Rick, things Rick, up? A lot is of it? male
0: strippers wear fake <laughs> suspenders, also, I will say. Uh, less. Well, her redo. suspenders
2: are like somehow combination suspenders and drawstring or something. She needs like, they
3: seem to be.
0: holding her underwear on her vagina. Right. Like, it's yeah. not. <laughs>
3: But like it's like one of those
0: sex thing that comes
1: out bikini. Yeah, porat bikini. Uh, A banana hammock is what you're looking for, right? Oh
0: God, oh I hate that. Here's the thing though. Like, I have to say, and I'm usually like going on feminist rants at this point, but like She is obviously wearing this outfit and her body is very sexualized and she uses her flirtation and her sexuality with men to get what she wants. But like, I don't feel that she's a victim of that. Like, she does not come across in that way. Like, she is in control of herself. She is strong. Like, and I didn't find it like it didn't bug me the way that sometimes that stuff bugs me.
2: And I think specifically, if I had to guess, it's because we get to see her pretend to be a victim because of all that stuff. Sure. in the series we see her go oh but i'm just a frail little girl or oh like right. I, you know what could i do you know sort of a thing and it's like so you see her using it for manipulation so it gives you that reassurance you know trust us she's right. making all of the choices here she is, and she is and in and charge, of charge yeah, of
0: yeah. like it feels like she picked those clothes because she wanted to for whatever yeah. reason that she wanted to it doesn't feel like she's wearing them for the male gaze and also when she first gets on that ship they don't give a shit about her. They're right. not into her that way, which, which is refreshing because. Yes.
2: Now, <laughs> as a, um, I think, uh, 16 year old, 15 year old, the first time I saw Faye, Faye was part of the reason that I, I was going, Oh, am I allowed to watch this show? Like, <laughs> I
1: think I'm not
2: allowed to watch this show, but I'm going to like, I mean, it, there's no getting around it. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But that goes back to the, I think it goes back to the noir stylization of every character. They have to have this one, you know, paragon trait, right? Like Spike is impossibly good at hand-eye coordination and sleight of hand. That's his thing. Faye is impossibly good at manipulating people. That's her thing. She's the femme fatale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jet, once he bites, he doesn't let go, right? He's that's his thing. He's tenacious. And then, you know, Ed, of course, is the hacker extraordinaire. So they all have this this one thing that they they're are better at good than at a thing. Yeah. And then everything else they're basically terrible at. But <laughs> right. which but, makes know. them
0: more likable in a way. Right. I and think it like, yes. like gives them so much more depth in my opinion
2: makes him realistic honestly
0: right um guys i you know so i only watched like i watched like four or five o- of episodes guys the dog never talks does it
3: well, is talk. that <laughs> like a
2: mandela so thing
0: sad no i want the Mandela
2: to. effect. Well, no the dog never talks but I want to so. <laughs>
0: Don't rescue this dog and call him a data dog and act like he's special and genetically enhanced. And he obviously like knows what's going on in a lot of ways. And then he never talks. What the fuck?
1: Okay. This is, you're going to carry that weight, Beth.
2: On the Blu-ray, they have (laughs) some really cool, uh, special features. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the interviews with like, I'm not, I don't remember which particular crew member, somebody asks that question like okay so ein is a data dog and you know this that and the other thing so what's going on and the creator the creator and i don't know if it was a director or an animator or whomever it was but they went yeah um we sort of forgot about the dog (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: what the fuck i I think it's eyebrows at one point
2: so when this oh (laughs) man (laughs) <laughs> when this show was being made, and I didn't know this, okay, but this show was being made like right up against when it was going to be released. Okay. Because back in the day, you had to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you you had to go, hey, look, we've started creating a show. Here's what it looks like. Are you interested in it? And then people would go, oh, yeah, we want to see that. And then a studio would go, oh, okay, money, 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 finish the rest of it really, really quick. So the studio is like, okay, uh finish the series now so there was a ton of pressure and then not to mention as we were talking about the concurrent soundtrack creation right yoko Mm. kano in the seatbelts are running Mm. into the animation studio every 20 minutes going hey uh what if we did a samba in the next one and then after that i want to do a waltz (laughs) so if you could make that you know um sort of dusty colors and then muted colors like it the amount of input and insanity that got captured in a bottle in the form of lightning for this is really intense. Like I I had no idea how intense the creation of this series was until we recently watched through it. And to, you know, to find all of the stuff that they managed to fit in is so enjoyable, but it, it does raise the question of, did you guys literally just forget about the dog? <laughs> like...
3: so cute. Cool. So it is my dream
0: to be like an old lady that has like a flight of corgis and or wiener dogs as, as I have probably mentioned before. I think I can be yes, more missed... crow born to wiener dogs in our last yes. episode.
1: <laughs> no, corgi. I think it was a corgi. Could
0: be.
3: Sweet Are pooch. Are corgis a flight?
0: Sweet pooch. <laughs> I could have a flight. I'm a little, a little army, if you will. <laughs> um, However, this, and he reminds me if anyone's a, you know, I'm a Stephen King fan. If anybody read The Dark Tower, there is a, there's a character that is dog-like that I've always pictured as sort of a corgi in my head. And his name is Oi. And he is also sentient and knows what's going on, but he can't
1: He's talk a corgi? Either. What?
0: He's not a corgi, but he like is like that. He's a dog right. fish shape, sort of sure. like a capybara. So you just of...
1: hear dog He's a, corgi.
0: he's corgi. A, a, he's a fantasy animal. He's right. not like a... Right. Anyway, anyone.
1: Anyway. He's, he's
2: any kind of corgi that she wants him to be. Yes.
0: Right. And it reminded me because I and Oi, they're both like sentient, but they don't talk. And I feel like you're letting me down here, universe. Like... <laughs>
1: Get it together, the universe. This is a good place. (laughs) I think we could transition to talking about the sadness of Cowboy Bebop. And this was a big, big impact on me, which is they it's all the sadness. It's the sadness from beginning to end. Their backstories are super tragic. The whole theme, one of the themes of the many themes of the show is not being able to escape the past. And, you know, it catches up with you. They all have things that catch up with them in the end. And it's just, they sort of make this little family and then just everything falls apart basically by the end because of their all their tragic backstories. And even Ed... Sort of Ed and Ayn sort of go off right mm-hmm. on their their own, and in uh, I forget what the end text is on that episode, but it's something about cowgirl see you sometime, like cowgirl in the future, whatever. And it's supposed I, th- I think that's like the one sort of positive spin that maybe Ed and Ayn have a nice little story off, but even that is like
0: where he learns to talk.
1: Ed... <laughs> <laughs> Ed is chasing this father who was like, hey, come with me. Oh, bye. It's something shiny over there. There's a a rock that fell, so I got to go, and and we're just going to totally forget you existed. So Ed is basically on this journey to go, maybe find the dad that has abandoned them a few times before and seems to forget that they exist. So even that is like, okay, maybe it's a happy into the sunset for Ed and I and they get to escape the tragedy of the last, but even that's not super happy. Like their that whole thing is not a great ending for them. Even I don't know, just the sadness and the, the fact that it ends with, you're going to carry that weight. I personally think I know there's debate about this. I personally think spike is absolutely dead by the end of the final episode the doves and he's done
2: he's dead (laughs) anybody that says he's not dead is just upset that it's one season let's be honest He's
3: dead. they're just hoping
0: for more they used
1: all of the languages to indicate that he's dead dead.
0: (laughs) it was in it was in persian
1: (laughs) i I, and that's part of the impact of this whole show is just the terrible history and sadness and you sit with it. It stays with you. You absolutely like The show just nails you with it. And then you're in a puddle. I don't know. This is a super emotional show for me. And I'm not like typically that emotional of a person when I do do, do this sort of thing. Like it's a cartoon and you're still by the end, I'm just tears down my face. Like you I can't.
0: about happy endings in our, in our last episode. I and mean, we've talked about that before, the storytelling. You mean with- oh, goodness. With the different endings of
1: Little of Little
0: Shop of Horrors. But, you know, it's interesting. I had a guest come in to my, I teach a graphic novel class and we do a manga unit. And I had someone come in and talk about Japanese storytelling and the cultural differences. And there is a lot more, I think unfinished or un not unhappy, but not necessarily perfectly happy endings in a, a lot of anime and manga because it, it there is a different culture. there is a different yeah. storytelling style. And I think some of us, you know, doofus Americans that haven't been exposed to a lot of uh, of that, you know, it seems very jarring when it is
2: well, we get I think that's an excellent, excellent point, Beth, because we get stuff we get episodes that start, you know, in in media race, right? But it's like, we don't get whole series that start and end in the middle of a story like right, Cowboy right. Bebop, and that's not necessarily the norm, but normal for anime a hundred percent. You know, it's there's right. a lot of anime where it's like, here's, part of the story that we have the money to tell or the the will to tell right now. And wow, I never even considered that. That's that's a brilliant point.
0: So that's something I wanted to ask you guys about, because I feel a little bit like, you know, I obviously have less experience watching different. I've seen anime, but I have less experience with it. I don't feel like I am as familiar or as quite as much of a fan. And so for someone who has not ever really watched anime, like, how would you explain it? I, I, especially Jesse, because that was kind of the point of your show. Showing it to people who hadn't watched it, like how do you would you explain this show to someone, or how would you explain anime in a way to kind of get a noob? Because I will say, there's a difference here
1: between this show and well, anime. Have, <laughs> but I will
0: say one of my things is sometimes I turn something like this on, and I, like you said, it starts in sort of the middle of a story, and I'm over here going, "Where? What happened? There's a wormhole. Mm-hmm. We're in space. Like what year? Like I don't. And it's kind of easy as a uh, somebody who doesn't listen or watch that kind of story very often, like. Like it's easy to get caught up in what you don't know and just watch it. So I don't know what's your Yeah.
2: So the I really appreciate that question because it is essentially the basis of the the entire show that we do, which is, you know, what if I had to get you into a thing that for some reason you were resistant to? How would I sell it to you? So, um, for example, my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D specifically was, you know, anime is cartoons i don't watch cartoons because cartoons are for kids and i said okay anime is not a genre anime is a medium consider that and he because he was coming at it from an honest place went oh okay, sure. like yeah. I could see that, you know.
1: We have the same conversations about graphic yeah, novels.
0: Yeah, we
2: teach that. 100%. That's, that's, sure. That makes me feel really good to hear because it means that I didn't pull it from nowhere. No, it's a thing. <laughs> <But> he, <laughs> so, you know, once he was past that, I said, okay, so now it's a noir. You like noir. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do like noir. That's a right. good point. I was like, yeah, so just watch it like a noir. And, and you know, imagine that somebody was painting several thousand pictures of your your favorite actors you know every second or so um so you know once you can get people past the barrier of animation is for children which to be totally fair in the western world largely it is so it's 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 an understandable barrier to have to break down thankfully we're getting more shows now that are definitely Mm -hmm. aimed at adults that are animated yeah I would say it definitely started with The Simpsons, right? But they that style of show proliferated sure. in the West, you know, from Absolutely. there. And it's definitely more pervasive now. But a lot of the American adult animation is still not anime, right? right. It's it's right. still got its own Western style to it, which is great. I would start with that, just say it's not an, it's not a genre, it's a medium. And then I would say, put whatever genre you like on that. So my wife, for instance, my long-suffering wonderful wife, does not like anime, just flatly does not like it because the colors are too muted. It's too different from the animation that she grew up with for her to feel comfortable with it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So I went, okay, I'm going to have you watch Death Note. And she was like, that sounds awful. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) But she loves legal dramas. She loves Mm -hmm. detective Mm -hmm. stories. She loves chases, you know, cat and mouse, you know, identity-based drama. And I was like, this is essentially a supernatural episode of Catfish for like two seasons. <laughs> so if you want to, and she was like, oh, okay, then yeah, let's watch that. And she loved it. Now, yeah. she's not a right. huge anime fan or anything now, but she likes Death Note. If I've got Death Note on, she goes, oh, which episode is this? Like, sure. which, you know, as a relational thing, that's huge because it, it gives me one more thing to go, you know, I don't have to find me time to enjoy this because it's a thing that we can both enjoy so as with as i do with star trek as i mentioned before i try to find episodes and series that match somebody's genre tastes and then just convince them that they're not watching a genre they're watching a medium and and it seems to work
1: i will say this if uh, my student trends are any indication we will have an explosion of anime and manga produced in the west
3: i agree in, yes. in not very
1: like it's it's incredible we cannot keep manga no, on the shelves in the library biggest, i'm very excited for
3: that
0: yeah it's my it biggest, is the genre, biggest thing absolutely like the best circulation yep and if I, they're like gonna I bring
2: said, firefly back that's how they should do, it, that is it? They should do yeah. it
0: all right what are do we have favorite episodes favorite characters from oh,
2: you guys go first
1: all right so this is a dumb one it's like a monster of the week sort of episode <laughs> I really like Toys in the Attic, which is the, the, like, I accidentally left this food in the refrigerator in the back of the Bebop for who knows how long, and it's now a life form, and it's... All
0: right, clearly I have to watch the I didn't It's, <laughs> that
1: one. it's just, it, it's really Monster. There are a few Monster of the Weeks through the whole thing, right, as a break in the sort of overall plot of the, the thing. Um so I'm a sucker for toys in the attic. I don't know why. It's it's a stupid episode. <laughs> it's just it, the the thing slithering over the whole ship, and it like sort of it doesn't really bite them, but it like sucks on them. I don't know what oh, it's doing. It le- it leaves like this mark on them that they're now sick and, and and injured. And I I I just I don't know. I love the ending too. Where they just show the refrigerator sort of spinning in space, spewing <sighs> stuff all over. As it's such stirring. a great shot. So yeah. I. it's a dumb choice maybe, but I really like Toys in the Attic. It's it's now, number it's episode eleven.
2: And that shot, I love that shot. That might have been somebody's pick on our on our episode for show. Oh, of the really, Squirrel. really? Because everything in that fridge is freezing in the vacuum of space, right? Right. And it breaks into these little ice crystals and then catches the light off of the Bebop engines yep. to sparkle yep. and it is just I the 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 visceral nature of some of the impossible things in this show, I think, are one of its strengths. Cause it's like, well, I could literally never experience that, but I feel like I know exactly how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Jesse, do you have
2: a favorite? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, this is...
0: <laughs> that's like picking your favorite child. It's hard. Yeah. Well,
2: actually, for me, that's really easy. I have one child, and she's the best one. Um, but... <laughs> fair,
0: fair,
2: fair. For this series, it is really difficult. I, I I'll I'll probably list like 15, but um, Heavy Metal Queen has a very special yes. place in my yeah, heart yeah. just because right. it starts at like 150 miles an hour, and it never slows down. Yep. Uh, we just watched a Korean movie on Netflix called Space Sweepers. The first 10 or 15 minutes of that movie is essentially a live action version of Heavy Metal Queen. And <laughs> it endeared me to the rest of the entire movie, which is basically live action Bebop slash Firefly. It's you can't miss jamming with Edward, the, the, the introduction to Ed, the way that everybody has a different descriptor of who she is and what she looks like. And then we find out she's this diminutive tiny little clown, essentially,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but also a super genius toys in the attic, the trope. The trope machine. The, every trope from noir and sci-fi and everything is in that episode. They've got Star Trek callouts. They've got Alien yeah. callouts. They've got Blade Runners. I mean, it's literally everything. It's it's almost a perfect episode of television. Oh man, I can't Jupiter Jazz Part One and Two. You can't beat Jupiter Gren's Jazz story. is probably
1: my next. And then I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say my funny val, uh, not my funny Valentine. uh Hard luck woman is yes. the very end of the series episode 24 and the, the, it's kind of the end of the Bebop as a family and they're mm. all breaking apart and the, the last two episodes are like the r- lack of resolution of of Spike's story but sorry I'm I'm, I'm just walking all over your your time it's here so, Jesse but no no, uh, no no and that's it's hard
2: it's hard to not just list them all in order the last right. one that I <laughs> that I have to bring up like if somebody literally put an animated gun to my head and said, you have one episode that you can watch right from here on out. I might pick mushroom Samba because <laughs> watching Ed micro dose, the bebop crew with mushrooms from the shadows and then stand back and watch what happens combined with coffee, the, the, the Foxy Brown, clearly Foxy Brown inspired right. bounty hunter And the guy with the ridiculous coffin that he carries around, if Cowboy Bebop, I think the way that we eventually end up describing it at the end of every one of our episodes is it is an exercise in how many tropes can we fit into a single episode without anybody watching going, there's too many tropes in this, because I have yet to hit that point. There's almost nothing that's 100% original in Cowboy Bebop. And at no point throughout the series, does that bother me even one iota personally, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of amazing. But if I had to pick a single episode, it might be Mushroom Samba.
0: I obviously need to go watch those two. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: I I do have a quote. I have a quote for you, Beth. Oh, uh, this is perfect. from This is from Jet and it is in the Pierre Lafau Fau uh episode 20 and he says, there's nothing more pure and cruel than a child.
0: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's That
1: hits no. me. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> thought, it's true. I thought you might appreciate that I a little I
0: do. It's true. <laughs>
2: That's very true. Is that mm-hmm. the one... Which episode did you say that's from?
1: Pierre LaFalle, the the yeah, yeah, yes. the child assassin. Yeah. The guy with the top hat and the,
2: Yes, and he looks absolutely terrifying in live action if I may. The the other <laughs> oh, episode. Oh. The other episode with a bunch of children. Uh I think the one that you were talking about earlier Paul where they find the orphanage and then potentially find Ed's father. Uh one yeah, the, of the hard kid's women, yeah. Yes, yeah, so one I of the kids asks was... Faye, "Can I have some of your teeth?"
1: Yeah 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 yeah. Or your, no, it's your nails. Your nails. Oh, your nails. So your fingernails. fingernails. your fingernails. fingernails? It has like no. a little pliers. Like.
2: Yeah. Can I have your fingernails? No. And she's like,
1: she's like a why? a
2: Yeah, and she holds up a jar of fingernails and goes, oh, I just collect them. Like,
0: <laughs> like the whole... No. Okay. Just the fingernail. Just Don't fingernail. do that. Yeah. Don't
1: give it's... pieces of yourself yeah.
0: to other people. That's all.
1: About. You find out Ed has come from an entire <laughs> colony of like weird little kids. Well, that's there. not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But... Is there anything else we need to talk about? Anything we missed? Characters, episodes, anything else listen we need to Listen to the talk
1: soundtrack. Yeah, I, can re- I, we... I, I recommend the, the the show, but also, I don't know, if you watch the show, I think you'll want to listen to the soundtrack, too, but it, the soundtrack is good on its own. I listen if to it all I the time. I had to
2: point to a particular song on the soundtrack, which, again, is like picking a favorite episode too very many. difficult to do, I would say, please go, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast and every episode of my podcast... Go to YouTube <laughs> and look up Don't Bother None, the long mm-hmm. version by Yoko Kano and the Seatbelts. Paul and Beth just do it tonight because this is a great way yeah. to go to sleep. And then definitely check. I think the song is Call Me from harlem Call Harle me, Coleman. call me, yep. Yeah, it's yeah. like, that may not even be the name of the song, but those are the words. And it it just, like, that, I, it hurts yeah. even here right now. <laughs> that one I like is, Space Lion.
1: Hurts. Is Space Lion Yeah, is, uh, But there's just too many,
2: but... And of course, Tank, the opening theme, mm-hmm. which is
1: just, I, uh, yeah.
2: And then the real folk blues, which is eventually imbued with so much extra meaning. And yeah, yeah. I,
1: this is one of the, the few thing. shows that I'll watch the credits to, Beth, just to listen. I to was going to say, when you're talking real real about the credits, yeah. you sounded
0: very fond of them, which is not yes. your normal thing.
1: I listened to the whole opening and the whole credits for this show, every, every piece of it.
0: Every time you never skip the mm-hmm. intro.
1: I don't, I don't, I honestly don't. I don't.
0: All right, guys, so. Paul, is this good enough to go in your canon?
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about this because I feel like we might need to get more different... More different? Is that oh, a thing? more different. Uh, we, we, we might now. need to get different <laughs> levels of canon because you I think there's You always
0: want an asterisk.
1: Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Listen, this is, in, this is in the level of my canon where this is, like, required viewing, uh, where I'm going to have to really gauge at what... Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't want to do this at the wrong time where it doesn't catch. I want to be like, okay, we're going to sit down and watch Cowboy Bebop now. And I got to time it right. And I got to hit it right so that it's something that's that's really in the canon. This is like not just, hey, yeah, that's cool. You're into this. Let's go watch it. Uh, you like scary stuff. Let's go watch the scary thing that, that I know about. This is, okay, now it's time. You are ready for Cowboy Bebop and, and we're going to watch it together. That's That's the level of canon where I'm at.
0: Okay. Well, maybe for our next season, you can come up with different canon level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking dork. <laughs> All right, Jesse. I have a feeling True. I know your answer, but. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I have to agree, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know when the right time to introduce, say, my daughter to this will be, but I, I think one of the benefits of this show is that the next generation of nerds for this show could be the same age as you. You know, like it, they're. Mm-hmm. There's so little of it currently. There's one season of the anime, and that's probably how it will stay. I'm if, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say they're not going to make another animated
1: season. But we haven't even touched on the movie, which frankly falls outside of our time frame. But yeah, uh, yeah.
2: and and lots. Of, we have an episode on it. Just goes into that, anyways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good, good, yeah, excellent, Pro-
2: professional. <laughs> but I, I I think that that's one of the beautiful things about it. You can you can find a next generation almost at any age. For me because I I know that everybody I've ever shown it to has fallen in love with it. To maintain that track record, I feel like I almost am waiting in, in the shadows for people to be ready for it. Lurking. Like,
0: He's making a lurking gesture. Like... Yeah,
2: with my hands like this. Which <laughs> is the same, <laughs> the same gesture that I made when I talked about Ed micro-dosing the bebop. Thing.
3: <laughs> so,
2: I like to microdose people with anime until they go, "Okay, what's anime all about?" and then I go,
3: <laughs> "Boom,
2: this is what anime
3: is all about."
1: Yep.
2: It's not exactly true, but it gets them to trust me and then I can show them kind of whatever I want after that. So. Yep. Yep. That's Definitely in my canon. Yes.
1: This is anime that also stands alone in anime in my opinion. This is like the cream of anime crop. Agreed. But Beth is this
0: so this was not something that I like had a lot of fun memories of as a younger person. So I don't have that like nostalgia aspect of it. And I am so so on anime in some ways Um as I don't know. I've liked a lot and I haven't liked some. So I think for me, if it goes on the, my love, if we're, making, if we're making up levels of canon, it would go on me like
3: <laughs> if, I will show it
0: to my kiddos if I think they're going to like it. I, Jesse, I liked how you talked about, you know, it's. It's this kind of story. It's not anime. It's not the genre. Like, so my kids love music. Um, I think they will like that aspect of it. You know, at some point I need them to also that, like, if that has to be the type of storytelling that they enjoy, like my kids, like a huge empath, there's a lot of feelings in a series like this. Mm. So I'm interested to see how they will like it, but I will give it a try for nothing else than the cool, stylish music, at least an episode to see if they like it, you know, so that's an.
2: Excellent point. And we we've talked about on the show a couple of times about how I think nowadays I've seen this feels like an overlong music video almost exclusively used as a criticism. But if you used that as a way to get, say, a younger person into the series, that might actually work really well. Because if they really like, say, that particular Linkin Park video or any Gorillaz videos, you know, those kinds of things, like you can be like, hey, what if this music video was 20 minutes long and had like a couple different songs in it? Right. You know, like.
0: We do web? that a lot at my house. There'll be soundtracks and songs on. I mean, this is how I'm getting them to, like, labyrinth. Like, they, like those
1: songs are on. Oh, the, uh, labyrinth in next season. It. Next we're year. We're working we'll be on like, it. <laughs> my kids are
0: like, which David Bowie is this? Like, we're working on
1: it. This is the package, David Bowie.
0: It's important. I have not one, but three. Labyrinth picture books for my children. I just want to say. Uh, anyway, what,
1: wait, that. what rating do those <laughs> picture books have like exactly. Counting
0: in mazes, I, I.
1: <laughs> Anyway,
0: so that's where it goes in my canon. Um, okay. Jesse, tell people where they can find you.
2: So the easiest way to find Sudden But Inevitable is to just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Sudden But Inevitable. We'll pop up our uh, cover art either looks like Firefly or Cowboy Bebop or Highlander, whatever we happen to be watching that week. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sudden Butt. There's one T in that, as in Sudden Butt Inevitable. You can <laughs> follow me on Instagram at Sudden Butt Inevitable Podcast. Uh, you can go to twistmyarm.com slash SBI to get everything Sudden but Inevitable all in one place. That is, of course, the—Twist uh, My Arm is the podcast network that I am a part of. That's where the rest of my crew comes from. You will hear all about their shows if you listen to Sudden but Inevitable or if you join us us live at youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast every friday night at 8 30 p.m mountain time thank oh, you for asking
0: that's awesome um yeah. so you did firefly and you did Cowboy baby now you're doing movies what's the next story? yes
2: so to close out the year we're doing movies that one or more of us have never seen so we did highlander and then we did space sweepers this week we're watching slither then we are watching logan's run and oh, i believe <laughs> we are closing out the year i believe with donnie darko oh, i managed wow. to find a person who has never seen that movie so oh wow we, that's not 100 percent yet that one is go yeah. ahead and print it though because i'm really gonna try and make it happen so
3: <laughs> um, of course in
2: 2022 we're going to come back full force with a full season covering death note because wow. now that i have broken down the anime barrier for my crew <laughs> they have no idea what's about to hit them certain wow. uh, people
0: laugh here awesome well thank you so much for joining us um it was really fun to talk to you about this if you are a cowboy bebop fan go and listen to this and listen to um all of them talk about their experiences of each episode by episode. All right. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. You can find us online at NerdCanon. You can email us. Uh, we are cooking up our ideas for things to cover ne- for next year. So shoot us a message on Twitter. Labyrinth. Labyrinth, Labyrinth is, now is just going to be the entirety of the
3: next <laughs> season.
0: Uh, remember when we had Let's Jaws for a minute? Guy on, we're just going to do Labyrinth Minute by Minute. Minute. Oh,
3: <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, if anybody's interested in that, let me know and I'll do it. Um, so, yeah, so thank you. I ben will also. not do that. <laughs> uh, oh, listen, I think I can find people who would go on that There are
1: some today. really bad minutes in Labyrinth. We'll just. <laughs>
0: You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> and uh, join us for more shenanigans at um, patreon.com nerdcanon, where we do bonus episodes outside of our uh, normal time frame. We will see you in two weeks. Paul, what's next?
1: Are we doing uh, Sweet Valley High?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be good. That's uh, going to be awesome. It's going to be a thing. Well, remember how much I mean, it's going to be about- good to
1: investigate it. Yeah.
0: Yes. We yeah, had a yeah. lot of fun talking about Babysitter's clubs. So. We did. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And until next time,
1: see you, Space Cowboy. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs>